Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. There's phenomenal women in tech all around the world. And I'm excited to share with you when I emceed an incredible conference in Dubai called Expand North Star, where we got to highlight some of those women doing wonderful things, innovating in the technology community, inspiring and educating us how we can be the best we can be. These interviews you're about to hear The audio was caught on the fly, on the go, so the audio quality won't be perfect, but you could hear the conversation these women share, and we thought it was important to bring it to your ears. Enjoy the episode. Just make sure that you always put the customer at the front. Don't start developing products because you will fail. Your organization will not be happy with you. It is important to always put the customer and the user experience at the forefront. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. LA Tech Podcast, and I love product. And so for that, I'm excited to have the number one ranked female CTO by Technology Bank. Liz, hello. Hello, Espy. How are you? So amped for this. So I want to get started talking about product. But before we do, do you want to kind of just give context on how you became passionate about product in the first place? Yes, so um, I've been working across technology for... 30 plus years, and I know you probably look at me and you don't believe that's possible. Thank you very much. But yes, I've been working in many large enterprise scale organizations, and um, I'm, I'm passionate about product mainly because I care about the user experience and I care about what customers need. And that's why, you know, products is such a a relationship between fulfilling needs and building excitable products that really help your customers. A hundred percent. I mean, even Calendly, who we just had on stage, I use Calendly to book all my podcast guests. It makes everything so simple. When you build the right product, it changes everything for both the user experience and the operator's experience. So let's get into some key do's and don'ts for setting up great teams for product-led companies. What would you recommend we do to set up great teams? You know, before we start to think about the type of teams you need, I think it's so easy for organizations to immediately run towards what we want to set up product teams, we want to go agile, and, and you know, we want to set up communities of practice, and, and large organizations can get very excited by that mainly because they can, right? We've got the investment, we've got the support, 
but it's important that you understand, first and foremost, why do we need product-led tools? What problems are we trying to solve? And, and when I was working in life sciences, of course, the main core products of the company were medicines, right? But there were many, many products that we had to create. And in team as the CTTO, we created many products that were used across the enterprise. There were also products that were used by hospitals, by doctors, and also by the field force itself. So when you do that, you really need to understand who your customers are. Um, but, but more importantly, as you, as you think about these product-led teams, you need to first ask yourself, is the organization really ready for this? Yeah. So, so, so just put yourself in my situation. I had over 3,000 associates globally. And you cannot pivot an organization of that scale to product. Right. So you need to be very focused and prioritize on the products that you want. And what are some examples of success you could share with us so we can get a visual of what that looks like to have a successful team? The main thing is that it's not just about the technology team. So there's a big focus around business, technology, and operations. So when you bring those three areas together, then you're able to focus on what are the needs of the business, what type of technology can resolve those type of challenges and opportunities, and then how are we actually going to operate them? So how are we going to scale them across the organization? Because adoption and scale is, is probably one of the hardest things. 100%. How do we even start to educate our team on the frameworks? Is there resistance in team changing their ways and adopting with the new technologies? I know AI is something that you're really leading into and looking at, and especially data people who aren't really flexible to change, I hear. How, how do you start to educate your team so that you're a future-led company? So the way we started initially, when you've got a large organization, we looked at three different models and frameworks. And, and, and first of all, it was focused around setting up a digital vacuum. So we said, with the digital vacuum, we will start slow and we'll start to create with the business, you know, the business wanting the product ownership. We, you know, my organization mainly managing the products, designing them, architecting the products. So for example, like data products, we built a lot of data products in the organization. So we started off with a digital factory where it was purely centralized. And then over time, we moved to product and platform teams. And when you think about, I just want to home in on platform teams. For some reason, product-led organizations forget that they actually need data to program their software. Seriously, they, they totally forget data. And in my experience, and it's the same in every company, 70% of the effort that is taken to do software development is actually data-led. It's all about how do you how do you wrangle your data across the organization? How do you harmonize it? Do you centralize the data? Do you, do you have a federated model? And I've built very large cloud platforms, which I'll talk about at the Jitex in the, in the, our next week, the later this week. 
But I built data products that were specific for product teams. And it's super important, so don't underestimate. It's exciting to have these agile teams, but don't underestimate the work that it takes to, to bring together data products. And then you can go enterprise scale with agile. So frameworks, digital factories, centralized platform, product, it's mainly in a sort of hybrid model. And then you go full enterprise scale when it's the entire company, which is a huge challenge. And how do you stay current on trends? So a lot of my team have expertise, not only on the business process, but they were also experts in fields like customer relationship management, clinical trials, research and development. You know, they were focused on medical. So, so they had a lot of experience in the business. So, so when you come with that experience, then you're able to really address the, the, the user needs as framework. I'm just personally curious, I'm gonna lean back into molding a company into what the product needs to be versus data people being afraid to kind of shift. Here's where I'm coming from. Airbnb, huge company, had a big downfall, like with the pandemic. One of the things that was most difficult, according to the founder, in the transition of making sure the company survived, which is eventually IPO, IPO was the data team had a hard time being flexible and adopting to new ways of being because they wanted to stay in the systems that they knew worked. What do you recommend? Um, I don't know if there's any data people out there, but, but typically the, the, the sort of data engineers that I, I have in my organization, they really understand every single element of the data. Their, 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 their level of curiosity is very high. And they also understand where the data is sourced from. Yeah. And the lineage, the data lineage across the organization and how it's actually used. Yeah. So they know from cradle to grave right, right. how it's set up. It is important that you look after those people. Mm. Those people are, I like what's called the gold dust of your organization because they know how the data is used and how the data can actually create competitive advantage and a growth continuum for your organization. I find it so interesting what you're saying about the difference between product and platform and how to think about data. Do you have any further suggestions on either how to manage the data or systems to create for the data to be managed well? And as you're building these data, data products, I think it's important that you decide with, with the business who is going to do the, the real hard work, yeah. which is the operations. Right. So don't go out and start mining every single piece of data set that you have in the organization. You, you will just, you'll just die with the sheer scale of it all. What's important is that you very carefully prioritize the data sets that are required for your products. And that's where your data specialists come in, that's where your engineers come in. So prioritization is key. And what, what we did was we created what we call lighthouse projects. We had lighthouses where we said, well, we're going to focus on clinical trials, or we're going to focus on how do we build commercial products. 
And then we went out and looked for the data across the organization, and we brought in external data and were able to harmonize that. Speaking extensively about data, let's lead into AI. It is the hottest topic right now. How important is data related to AI? As I said, 70% of building AI and ML models is data. And I know, I mean, I had an organization of well over 40 data scientists. And every single one of them were prima donnas. So if there's data scientists in the audience, welcome. But data scientists have no time to work on basically cleaning and integrating data. They just want the data ready and they want to be able to use it. That's why it's important to build in this data products. So you think AI, if I'm hearing you right, please correct me if I'm wrong. You think AI is complementary to helping us be more efficient will not necessarily take us over? That's what they like. Like make us expendable. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So, 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 just to give you my perspective, yeah, I cannot imagine that we're going to run every single process that we have in the organizations in AI. I think AI has a place for sure with NL models, but I view it as an augmentation. Especially when you talk about automation, chatbots, what they do, I see it as an orientation because what it does is it allows the organization to focus on higher value activities. So those mundane tasks that happen every day, of course, can drive so much efficiency, so much productivity, and, and those topics now have become the key topics at the C-suite. So when I meet with the, the executives of the company and the board, everyone's excited again with the AI all of a sudden. But they use it for a competitive advantage in growth and how they drive productivity. But it won't, it's free, we'll be here for a long time. If we, if we stay on that. I have a question, but I actually want to divert from the question I have because there's a favorite question I ask on every podcast episode and I, I'm really eager to ask it to you. So as I shared, I host the Women in Tech podcast. On every episode, I've been over 700 episodes so far. I ask, what is the best piece of advice you've gotten to accelerate your career? Oh, that's a bit off, uh, off the radar. Yeah, so I think there's probably three main pieces of advice. I'm very passionate about technology. I always have been. And I'm a lifetime learner. I don't stop learning, so I'm constantly reading, going to conferences like this, I, I, I do hackathons, I write my own code for certain things, so I have to stay relevant. So I'm a lifetime learner, so if you ask about technology, you will continuously learn. That's the first thing. Second thing is, um, being a woman in tech, it's still not that easy. I mean, if you just look around the room, you can still count the amount of women that are actually in this room. And that's the reality of it all. So I encourage, I encourage more young girls, I encourage women to stay in tech and to understand that they do have a seat at the table because diversity and inclusion is so important. And last but not least, what else would I do? <laughs> That's so true. 
Okay, so as we know this, we have so much information coming into our minds in this amazing conference. If there was one takeaway, something that just stayed with us a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, from this session, what would that takeaway be? So it can really be seared into all of our minds. Yeah, I think, I think it goes back to, you know, just make sure that you always put the customer yeah. at the front. Completely agree. Don't start developing products because you will fail. Your organization will not be happy with you. It is important to always put the customer and the user experience at the forefront. And last but not least, if I may. Yes, please. Data, data, data. Get it right. Data. <laughs> just, just get it right. Well, tell us. No, please. Tell us the data and how to connect with you. Data connects with me because um, when I started my career, um, I actually started in data centers. So I was managing very large scale data centers. And believe it or not, I was put in charge of managing a data dictionary and catalog for data. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked. And I'm still shocked today to speak how we, we, we managed to generate in companies so much data and probably we only used 20% of it. Yeah. So just be very careful about why you actually need data. Because if you're going to use AI and ML models, you want to be as efficient and as fast as possible. So just be careful how much data you actually generate. Amazing. Liz, how can people reach you? Uh, you can catch me on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, you've seen me here. Um, if anyone wants to visit Switzerland, which is a wonderful country, uh, I, I'm there, but LinkedIn is my, my main communication. Perfect. And my name is Esprit Boy. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. You see it right here at womenintechshow.com is the podcast. Liz, thank you so much for hanging out with Expand Thank, you, thank, thank you. you, everyone. Thank you. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.